The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. What an amazing panorama of Jerusalem, the city of the great king. To the east is the Mount of Olives, and beyond that, the Judean wilderness, the Dead Sea, and the nation of Jordan, where presently 600,000 Syrian refugees have escaped. It's hard to imagine that right beyond this horizon, there is a holocaust going on amongst the Christian population of the Middle East. That's why the Jerusalem Channel has been created, to bring you a perspective of biblical events in the Middle East. When you visit our website every day, we have updates on news, prophecy, and what's happening and how it all tells us that Jesus is coming soon to establish His rule in this city. We want to invite you to become a supporter of the Jerusalem Channel. If you give in the United States, please know that your gift is tax deductible. And in the United Kingdom, we can claim gift aid on your donation. And so we invite you to get behind the Jerusalem Channel. There's never been a day like right now. We have so many opportunities to share the gospel in the remaining times of the Gentiles. Israel is rising again, and God is visiting this nation. So stay in touch at exploits.tv. I'm Christine Doric. Shalom. In our generation, there's a tragic absence of outstanding role models. The Apostle Paul could easily describe our generation in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where he wrote that people in the last days will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. All around us we see defiant women in the feminist movement and men whose reasoning has escaped them because God has given them over to a reprobate mind to do improper things. Yet, thankfully, the pages of this Bible still offer us many strong role models, such as one of the greatest women of the Old Testament, Deborah. Hello, I'm Christine Dark. The last days are characterized by growing apostasy Yet God always has strong overcomers in every generation. And today we're looking at the biblical judge Deborah, one of the Bible's most shining examples of a woman of God. Deborah served alongside of General Barak, who wasn't ashamed to accompany the prophetess into battle. Barak realized that Deborah was intuitive and he depended upon her contact with God to direct him when to attack. In the book of Judges, we learn some facts about Deborah. She's named as one of Israel's 14 prophetesses. She was a wife and a leader who judged or ruled Israel before the days of the monarchs. 
In Judges 4.4, we read that Deborah was, in the Hebrew, Isha Lapidoth, the wife of Lapidoth. But what exactly is meant by the Hebrew is by no means certain. You see, a fascinating aspect about the Hebrew language is its ability often to be interpreted in more than one way. And thus, Bible verses such as Judges 4.4, describing Deborah, are full of potential meanings. Most traditional renderings translate Lapidoth as being the name of Deborah's husband. Because Lapidoth means lamps or torches, the Hebrew phrase Isha Lapidoth can be rendered both as the wife of Lapidoth or a woman of Lapidoth, thus potentially meaning a woman of lamps or a woman of fire. I like that. The great Jewish commentator Rashi rendered Isha Lapidoth as a woman of lamps. This was because the sages said that young Deborah had made wicks for the sanctuary lamps. According to one Bible commentary, the wife of Lapidoth can also be rendered as a woman of splendors, also meaning a shining, fiery spirit. I like that too. But this we can conclude about Deborah. She was a woman of God and she was fiery. She knew how to hear from God and how to take orders from the Almighty. Deborah was also the only female judge among 16 judges of Israel who ruled in the turbulent times between Joshua and the kings. There's a familiar pattern in the book of Judges. God always avenged his people when they cried out to him. However, whenever God was forsaken by his people, their enemies overtook them. There was peace and safety as long as they served the Lord. In Deborah's day, the Canaanites were getting the upper hand again. But how could an army of 10,000 Israelites without arms defeat a well-armed Canaanite army that boasted 900 iron chariots. Well, the Vulgate, the Latin Bible, gives us an interesting translation. It says, in the days of Deborah, the Lord chose a new species of war and subverted the gates of the enemy. What was this new species of war? According to the Dakes Annotated Bible, the new species of war involved three elements. Number one, a woman gave the orders. Secondly, Deborah directed the war by prophecy. And number three, God himself put the gift of faith into the hearts of 10,000 Israelites to overcome a greater army that was heavily armed. This battle was a great miracle because later, under the leadership of the judge Gideon, there were only 300 Israelites who possessed this kind of fearless faith. Well, suddenly by faith, Barak and his men began to rush the Canaanites, causing confusion and terror throughout the Canaanite army. The enemy threw down their weapons and fled, and the Israelites picked up the weapons and slew their enemies. The Canaanite general Sisera ran away on foot and was served the 
particular humiliation of being executed by a woman named Yael. This was the new species of war. Women were leaders and victors. It's very interesting that in the Bible's Hall of Faith, in Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament, Barak is mentioned and Deborah isn't. In the past, women may not have been given their due credit, but now God is restoring and exalting humble women in the last days. Furthermore, according to Judges 5.20, the stars in their courses fought for Israel by engineering thunder, lightning, rain, and great hail upon the armies of Canaan. The enemy's chariots got stuck in the mud. It was a crisis in the history of the Jewish people who were, after all, chosen to guard these scriptures and bring the Messiah into the world. We have no less a challenge to the survival of Israel today. There are threats to Israel's existence on every side, yet they still have a very important role to play in the return of the Messiah and the millennial kingdom of King Messiah. Modern Israel has even issued a series of commemorative medals honoring the women of the Bible, and Deborah is prominent in this set. In the account of Deborah's exploits for God, we can see a new species of war which involved women and supernatural weather. And as we study the modern history of Israel, we discover these things repeating themselves. There have been many reports of the Lord using the weather as a glory cloud, for example, to cover Israeli troop maneuvers. And the Lord also raised up a modern Deborah, Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir. When the Jewish people were meager and stripped after the Holocaust, Golda Meir possessed extraordinary gifts of leadership, organization, and fundraising. And she was a negotiator with Israel's enemies. Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, once famously described Golda Meir as the best man in my cabinet. Well, that's a funny saying, but in actuality, a Deborah doesn't try to replace men. A Deborah understands her role as a woman. She's not a political feminist. She's anointed by God to be a woman of God. And that's the emphasis in Judges 4.4 when we meet Deborah for the first time. It's encouraging to me as a wife and mother that God will anoint a woman from time to time. God doesn't anoint every housewife in the way that he anointed Deborah. But God being God and knowing every heart does reserve the right to choose even a woman and to place his anointing upon her. So don't let anyone tell you that it doesn't happen. It's biblical. For God is God and he reserves the right to choose whomever he wants and have mercy on whomever he decides. Many times members of the body of Messiah become jealous over the anointing upon somebody else's life. But we should never succumb to jealousy. Rather, we should at least ponder why God has chosen a person. It's because God has seen their heart, or perhaps he's honoring the faithfulness of that person's parents 
and so forth. Well, Deborah was bold and courageous. In fact, she was bolder and more courageous than the men of her generation. You see, when God can't find men, he'll find a woman. Where are the great lions who left the shores of England and America and won entire nations for the Lord? If God today has a shortage of lions, he will find a lioness. Well, Deborah was a leader. There's no question about it. And the record says she was a magistrate. She sat under a palm tree and redressed grievances, passing down judgments. Deborah was the mouth of God to her generation. And in our day, God is raising up iron maidens once again. Again, I'd like to say we're not trying to take the place of a man. We're not usurpers. In fact, I despise a usurping spirit, a so-called Jezebel spirit that usurps positions God has appointed for somebody else. But Deborah was an iron maiden for God, and he's raising up a company of Deborahs, like-minded women of precious faith. When the men shrink from the battle and refuse to get the job done, Deborah's will arise. Now, Deborah was also a watchman for her nation, and there is an intercessory ministry, but then there's also the watchman ministry. The Hebrew meaning of watchman is to peer into the distance, to, to see what's coming, to guard in prayer. We need to be watchmen for our nations. Decisions and actions bring consequences. The principles of sowing and reaping still exist. And the watchman looks at what leaders are doing and what the nation will reap as a consequence for good or for evil. The intercessory watchman prophesies the purposes of God and executes judgments against the powers of darkness. And Deborah was a woman who executed the judgments of God. In the Psalms, in Psalm 149, we see, we, we say, let the high praises of God be in our mouths. And the two-edged sword, that's the word of God, in our hands. To do what? The Psalm says, to execute the judgments written. Not our own judgments, but the judgments written and decreed in this word of God, the Bible. Concerning our leaders, we can pray, Lord, if this leader is not doing your will, either save him, change his mind, or mercifully remove him. We can execute the judgments of God according to the word of God. We can rule in the midst of our enemies from the very throne of God because born-again believers are already seated legally and positionally with King Messiah in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now, in the days of Deborah, things were dark, just as our days are growing darker. In studying the history of revivals, I recall that a revival was sparked because two elderly sisters, just two, joined together to pray. Their hearts were broken because Jesus was set at naught and despised. They couldn't sleep at night because our Lord and his law was disregarded, like today. We're in a serious state. Society is rotten, and it seems the salt has lost its savor. 
What do we do in a time like this? Well, we don't give in to despair, but we cry out to God. And that's exactly what happened in the days of Deborah. The Israelites had enjoyed peace for 80 years. And if we're not careful, good times will cause us to become complacent and spiritually lazy. Prosperous nations have a tendency to forget God. And that's what happened to Israel and also what's happened to our generation. Israel's prosperity caused them to become self-indulgent and the enemies of God were taking over. Jabin, the Canaanite king, warred against Israel. And of course, it wouldn't have happened if they had continued to obey God in the first place. They had been commanded by God to cut off the Canaanites. We may as well face it. This is a principle that whenever we allow anything to continue that God has said to cut off, we're going to be harassed by the devil. Now, God tells us to cut out many things in our lives, and we wonder why we don't have more power and why the devil is still harassing us, but it's because we haven't cut off the enemy. And because Israel didn't cut off the enemy, the Canaanites were prevailing mightily. By the way, the Hebrew word there is hazak. If you say today you want cafe hazak, you want strong coffee, and the enemy were strongly prevailing, hazak, against Israel. But it was their own fault. And so it's also our own fault today if the enemy gets the upper hand. And if the church is despised, it's because we haven't risen up in the authority that the Lord has given us. And we haven't ruled in the midst of our spiritual enemies through prayer, through fasting, and strong decrees. Israel had taken the goodness of the Lord and the common peace for granted. The prosperity of fools was destroying them. For 20 years, Jabin, the Canaanite king, had been oppressing the Israelites, led by his commander, Sisera. Distress drove the Israelites to the Lord again. And so it is with us today. People who forget God in easy times will be forced to call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. Oh, Lord, deliver us from the enemies in our midst. Well, the narration of the book of Judges revealed a pattern. In his love and mercy, God continually raised up judges to save the nation in response to their cries. In Judges chapters 4 and 5, God raised up two women, Deborah, a magistrate, and Yael, a housewife. Some leaders just happen to be born women. And behind every successful woman, there are several surprise men. Well, every detail in the Bible is given for a purpose. Why do you suppose we're told that Deborah had her court under a palm tree? The palm tree not only provided an umbrella for shade from the hot Middle Eastern sun, it's also a symbol of victory and rejoicing because in the book of Revelation, saints wave palm branches before the throne of God as a sign of victory. In the Song of Solomon, the palm is praised as an idiom of stature in God and Deborah possessed stature in God. The Lord wants women to have stature in God and for many, 
to come under our covering to receive refreshment and shade from the enemy. And like the palm branches, God wants us to be praisers. The Bible says the righteous are as upright as a palm tree. Have you noticed you usually don't see palm trees that are bent over? They're upright. In Psalm 92 verse 12 declares the uncompromisingly righteous flourish like the palm tree. They'll be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. The palm tree does have a very long life and it can live in desert conditions without water for a long time because its roots go very deep to hidden springs in the earth. And we must be like this. We must develop hidden resources in God. Even though the enemy may try to scorch us with troubles and problems, our spiritual roots can run down deep to hidden springs in God. We must have a hidden history with God. If we spill every detail of our spiritual lives, we won't have a hidden life in God. Prayer, fasting, and our giving, all of these are to be accomplished in secret. Now, having said all of this about the palm tree and its symbolism, I believe the prime reason that Deborah held court in the open air under the palm tree was due to her prudence and modesty. She simply knew it would be improper to meet in a room with men who were not her husband. So she held court in the open air where nobody could accuse her of impropriety. Wasn't that wise? Just as the palm tree is a symbol of health, long life, uprightness, and the justice of God, so Deborah was filled with divine wisdom and authority. Well, Deborah had the God-given authority to rebuke a leader. God had already given Barak his marching orders. She says to Barak, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? She said, Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, and I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you at the river Kishon with his chariots, and I will deliver him into your hand. That was confidence. Deborah was however, only repeating the marching orders that God had already given to Barak, but he had procrastinated. How many of God's people today are still sitting on their marching orders? If we don't move, God will send somebody like Deborah to rebuke us, and then if we still don't move, he may give our assignment to somebody else. The Apostle Paul admonished us to be careful that Somebody else doesn't steal our crown. How is that going to happen? Well, it can happen through procrastination. But here we see that Deborah challenged Barak to get his men and his act together. He answered Deborah, If you'll go with me, I'll go. But if you won't go with me, I'm not going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Men do still need women. And Deborah immediately answered, I will surely go with you. She wouldn't direct him where she wasn't willing to go herself. And that's a characteristic of a true leader. Even to this day, the Israelis lead their men into battle from the front and not from behind. Deborah was fearless, and this is a characteristic that God wants us to manifest in these last days. 
Barak could have heard from God himself, but because God had already spoken to him originally and given him his marching orders, he nevertheless procrastinated. He abdicated his leadership to a woman and in effect told her, I want you to hear from God on my behalf. Think about that. Can you imagine taking somebody else's word when you can hear from God yourself? But that's exactly what Barak did. The story of Deborah and Barak in the book of Judges tells us that in times of national crisis, when men despair, women will have to arise to save the nation. In fact, one of my all-time favorite prophecies was given by a Russian Orthodox bishop in 1911. He said that in the last days, Britain shall be saved by praying women. Hallelujah. I believe there are many Deborahs today. And in chapter 5, we have the Song of Deborah, which is some of the most beautiful poetry in the Bible. In fact, Deborah's song is one of the longest and most impressive songs of praise in the scriptures. It takes up the entire chapter 5. She sang, Awake! Awake, O Deborah! In times of national crises, the Deborahs must awaken and energize themselves. We need to learn how to speak to ourselves and to stir ourselves up like she did. In Judges 5.21, Deborah called on her own soul to be strong. She said, Oh, my soul, march on. Barak was noble, but she was more noble. Barak asked her to risk her life to verify her prophetic words. He asked a woman to do what he had already been assigned by God to do. Barak's faith was not equal to the challenge. If the Israelites had not offered themselves willingly, as Deborah sings in Judges 5-2, however, they could have been wiped out as a nation. And the world wouldn't have received this canon of Scripture. We would not have the birth of the Messiah. Do you see how important this battle was? At the base of Mount Tabor in this day, there's a village named Deborah, named after the prophetess, where incidentally we held a wonderful gospel outreach a number of years ago. The battle at Mount Tabor was more important than any of us can ever realize. And the bravery of the tribes, especially the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, was fantastic because they risked their lives in the high fields of the Lord. And that reminds me of Psalm 110, where God says, My people will offer themselves willingly in the day of my power. Did you know that this is still the day of God's power? And will we offer ourselves willingly? Deborah sang that God chose new leaders. In Judges 5-7, she sang, The rulers ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. I arose, a mother in Israel. So what is a mother in Israel? Deborah prophesied of herself as being a type of a savior. Imagine that, a mother in Israel is a deliverer. And God is going to save also Britain through praying women, women who know how to save the lost, women who know how to deliver the lost, women who know how to lay our hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. 
In conclusion today, I'd like to say if you're suffering, turn it into a blessing. Believe and proclaim by faith. Out of my intense suffering, I will receive an anointing to impart to anybody who's suffering from what I've also suffered. Oh, my soul, march on in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua. I'm going to overcome sickness and disease. So I'll have the courage and the victory to impart healing to others. Heartbreak, I'm going to get over it. My soul march on, so I'll have the inspiration and power to pass on to others whose hearts are breaking what I've learned and what I've overcome by the grace of God. Well, because of Deborah's exploits, the land had peace for 40 years. There's much more to say about this extraordinary woman, but our time is up. Of course, I'd like to remind you that all of our videos, including this one, are available at any time at our website at exploits.tv, where you can also click online to receive our color magazine exploits based upon Daniel 11.32. That verse declares that the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. In other words, like Deborah, we'll take action and accomplish the works of the Lord in our generation. You'll also find details of our conferences at our website. So let's stay in touch through social media and don't forget to invite your friends to watch our programs. Until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Darg. Shalom. <music>